Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbours together and says, Rejoice with me, I found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbours together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, the Bible is very clear that all of us are by our very nature sinful. So this passage speaks to each and every one of us. Thank you for those of us who are uh, Christians. Lord, we thank you that there has been a party in heaven over our repentance. And every day when we turn back to you and repent and say sorry for the things we've done that have uh, rejected and neglected you, Lord, there's a, there's a party in heaven. And Lord, every time somebody in you is found by you, there's a party. Lord, please help us to have that same eternal perspective in the way that we live our lives, we pray. And would you be with Nigel now as he comes to explain this passage to us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Um, parents, as a parent, it's really easy to, when you're speaking to your children, to discourage them from mixing with the wrong sort of people. So as a southerner, I do not want my children mixing with northerners. As a northerner, you won't want your children mixing with southerners. If you are uh, on one side of the tracks, you don't want your children mixing with the wrong sort of children from the other side of the tracks. If children you have a parent who thinks that fighting is wrong, like all of us should think. You don't want children, your children being hanging around with people who are big and burly and rough and tufty. You want your children hanging around with southerners, with people who are kind, with people who are hardworking, who play musical instruments. You want your children, parents, do we not, mixing with the right sort of people, not the wrong sort of people. Please look at your sentence number one and two on page three of the service sheet. Part of the Bible, Luke was one of four people who took up a magnifying glass and looked at the life of Jesus and investigated it very, very carefully and closely. And he wrote down what he saw and heard. He was a clever doctor sort of person and he got his magnifying glass, he looked at the life of Jesus, he interviewed people, he wrote it down carefully and he wrote a good news, a gospel to say this is what Jesus did and this is what he's like and this is what he said. And in Luke chapter 15, these are the sort of people he mixes with. Look at sentence one and sentence two. There were two groups of people, the tax collectors and also the scribes, excuse me, the Pharisees and the scribes. Of sentence number two, little two, it says, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered. Mutter. Can, I, can you give me a muttering? Okay, adults, can you give me a mutter? Apart from John Tyndall, can adults give me a mutter? <laughs> Not bad, okay. 
Here are the teachers of the law, the Pharisees and the scribes who knew who God was. They had a big brain because they looked at the Bible and they thought more knowledge of God means that they would be better than other people. They knew about God, but they did not love God with their hearts. Because we know from Luke chapter 19, verse 10, Jesus came for people who the Pharisees and the scribes thought that they shouldn't mix with. Can you see that in sentence one? The tax collectors and the sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But sentence two, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. They did not understand why Jesus came. Jesus came and still the gospel, the good news is that Jesus still comes, if you like, to meet with people who lots of people don't like mixing with. Jesus came, say it with me, Luke chapter 19 verse 10. Why did Jesus come? Jesus came to seek and save what was lost. Jesus comes to mix with people and to save and rescue people just like you and me. Two things I want you to remember. Four words. Four words I want you to remember. Here are the first two. Utterly, that means completely, utterly lost. That's the first two words. Utterly lost. Look at sentence one and two. Jesus, you're mixing with the wrong sort of people. You should not be eating with these people. You should not be spending time with these people. They don't love you as much as we do. We've got big minds. We spend lots of time. We've got lots of books on our shelves that show, Jesus, that we know lots about you. But Jesus says, you might know lots about me, but that doesn't mean that you love me. You might grow up in a, a home where Jesus is known and God is loved and church is something where you come to every Sunday. You might go to youth groups. You might go to kids' clubs. But that doesn't mean that you love Jesus. It might mean that you know lots about Jesus. But if you don't know Jesus in your heart, that means you don't love him. That means you're not a Christian. That means you're still utterly lost. And these three stories in Luke chapter 15 tell us how utterly lost we are. Verse 2, it shows us that they were grumbling and muttering. Okay, let's try that again. They were grumbling and they were muttering. Because Jesus, you don't mix with these sorts of people. You don't mix with those rough people. You don't mix with those tough people. You don't mix with those people who don't work hard at school. You don't mix with those people who look different from you at school. But Jesus says, no, no, no. It's not a case of us and them. It's not a case of the good and the bad. It's not a case of the work hard and the work shy. It's not a case of the north and the south. It's not a case of those who look differently, who sound differently, who smell differently from you. We're all, verse 3, utterly lost. And Jesus says something that we don't get the, the weight and the force and the power of what he said. He says we're all utterly lost. We're all utterly, verse 3, like sheep. When you think of sheep, who do you think of from CBBS? Sean. That's an adult saying that. We think of Sean the sheep. Who's Sean the sheep? He's a really clever little sheep that's cleverer than men and women. He's cleverer than the dog. What's the dog's name? Hey, Gromit. Thank you. Um, who did I name the sheep over here? Wasn't Sean. Who did I name? I named the sheep on Monday. Larry, Larry the lamb, Sean the sheep. Sheep are kind of clever, they're intellectual, they're fluffy, they're lovely, they're cozy. 
Jesus doesn't want you to think about that. He wants to see that you are utterly lost when he says, actually, we're all like sheep. Whether, Mr. Pharisee, you think you know the Bible and you think you know me. Whether, Mr. Scribe, you think you know the Bible and you can write lots about me, you're still utterly lost because Jesus says, Luke chapter 19, verse 10, Jesus came to seek and save what was lost. Jesus has come on a rescue mission because we're all utterly, utterly lost. I once read a book about a shepherd. He says, it's really hard work to find sheep. Imagine you're a dog. Or imagine that you had a dog and it got lost. And you go and find the dog. You could uh, go and grab the dog and put it over your shoulders, a bit like a sheep and a shepherd, but they don't need that. A dog, if you see the dog or if you whistle to them, what do they do? And they come to you. All sound effects, no extra charge this morning. They come to you. They follow you. They come to your side. They might bounce up. They might slabber all over your face. They might scratch at your thighs. But they were lost. And Rover, because all dogs are called Rover, Rover, you whistle to him. He recognizes your voice or your whistle. And he comes to your shin, to your ankle, and he follows you home. Imagine you've got a horse. And the horse gets lost. Nay. That's right. That's as good as it gets. The horse... If it gets lost, it might need the trainer to go up and grab it by the leather strappy things, reins. The reins, and it might want to get led home. It needs help. When a sheep gets lost, it is utterly lost. It won't come to you when you whistle. It won't come to you if you grab its reins because it doesn't have any. Finding a sheep who is utterly lost is really hard work. You need a dog to kind of scare it into a response. So shepherds have dogs who would go and work with the shepherd and they'd have whistles and they'd round them up and they would come home. But really, a shepherd, it's hard work being a shepherd, whether you're a man or a woman or a shepherdess. You've got to go and find the sheep who's utterly lost. You need to kind of rugby tackle it. You need to tie up its feet. You need to put it on your shoulders and then you take it home because it's utterly lost. It won't respond to your voice very well. It won't come to your shin like a dog does. It hasn't got reins like a horse does. A sheep is utterly lost. You need to be rescued if you're a sheep. That is exactly how Jesus describes himself. Look at sentence number five. Jesus is telling the story of a shepherd who had 100 sheep. He was a very wealthy shepherd. But sentence number five, little number five says, when he has found the one that was lost, he's still got 99 but when he finds the sheep that was lost, what does he do? He puts it on his shoulders. And then he's really, really happy. He's rejoicing. And Jesus is saying, we are all like sheep. We need to be rescued constantly. In our hearts, do you think, oh, come on. Sheeps are still fluffy. Sheeps are out there. They're in North Yorkshire, like the person I was speaking to this morning. That's where you go and find sheep. You go and find them in the Jordan Desert. You find sheep far away. But actually, it's a brilliant description of what you or I are like. We are utterly lost, just like a sheep. And unless a shepherd comes and finds and rescues us, we remain utterly lost. Each one of us feeds our souls on something. Sheep are kind of silly. Sheep look at what is right in front of them. What do sheep eat? Grass, Grass normally. 
okay, unless it's a pink wafer that needs eating. Sheep look for grass, and they're not very clever, so they will follow their noses and their tummies wherever it goes. If there is a steep slope, they will think, aha, grass. They won't think, oh no, danger. If there is loads of grass, and there's a lion in the deep grass, they won't think, oh, there's a lion, I'll go and shop over there. They say, aha, there's grass, I'm going to go and fill my tummy over there. They're looking just what's right in front of them. They don't think about danger, just like us. Each one of us, adults as well, we are like sheep. We are utterly lost, and we are setting our heart's affections and our stomachs, so to speak, on something we will find that will ultimately satisfy us. Boys and girls, you might think, if I work hard, if I go to a good school, if I kick a football well, if I blow something really well, if I play something well, if I tidy my room superbly, there's nothing wrong with that, don't get me wrong, then my mum and dad will be pleased with me, then my life will go well, adults. Wouldn't it be great if we had that relationship we long for, that career that we would provide for every need that we want? Wouldn't it be great if we had 2.5 children, rather 2.4, then we would be happy? Each one of us feeds our hearts and our souls with something. And the Bible says no one is not a sheep. There's no one here who's a dog or a horse. All of us are sheep, and all of us are utterly lost. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. And what do we need? Verse 5 says, we need to be rescued. There is nothing we can do to rescue ourselves. There's nothing we can do like a sheep to find our way home. Sheep are not have, they don't have built-in GPSs in their collar. They don't think, aha, I'm lost. I know what I'll do. I'll find a map that's stuck on the wall like there was this week, and then I'll find my way home. There's nothing they can do. They cannot go and get an Uber taxi ride. They cannot go on a bus or a bicycle. They cannot go on a Southwest train, not a Southern ones because they don't work. There's nothing you can do if you're a sheep. You are utterly lost and so are we. Two words I want you to remember. You are utterly lost and we need to be found. So there were four words and I've told you two. Not you. Someone else. What were the two words? But brilliant for putting your hand up. <laughs> Utterly lost are the first two words. Utterly lost. Here's the second two. Infinitely valued. Infinitely valued means huge, big, not just to the end of the moon and back, to the end of the universe and keep on going. That's how much you're loved. Infinitely lost. Not just in a new school and you're not sure how to get to the toilets. That's not lost. I mean infinitely lost. You can't get home yourself. There's nothing you can do to rescue yourself. You're just like a sheep. That's the first thing. But here's the second thing. You are infinitely loved. Infinitely loved. You were told and taught, and in this wonderful chapter from the Bible, Jesus tells three stories about a shepherd who had... 100 sheep but loses one. Of a lady who had 10 coins and loses one. She still had nine. Of a father who had two sons and lost one. He still had one. And all three people could have said this. One, two, three, we'll do that for me. Just a French, a Gallic shrug. They could have just said, look, I had 100 sheep and I've lost one. What's the big deal? Still got 99, not bad. 
the lady could have said, I had 10 coins, but I've lost one. It's a bad day, but I've still got nine. Not bad. The dad, I feel like doing this sometimes. Um, two children, doesn't matter, still got one. But they didn't. And this is what it shows. It shows you as a shepherd, as a lady, and as a husband or a father, every one of you matters. You are infinitely valued. That's what Easter is about. Easter is about a rescue mission of Jesus coming from heaven to earth to look for something that was lost, you and me. We are infinitely loved. We are ultimately lost. Easter reminds us how valuable we are. Here is the shepherd, big, strong shepherd, who is prepared to defend and fight for the sheep that were lost and couldn't rescue themselves. He could have just said, still what, 99? But he rolls up his skirty thing. He gets his weapons ready in case he meets wolves and beasts along the way. He might think, oh, I'm tired. I just want to put my feet in my swimming pool. But he doesn't. He puts the 99 sheep in a safe place, and then he goes on a journey. He knows it's going to be hard. He knows it's going to be hot. He knows it's going to be difficult. He knows there might be a big bear on the way. But he wants to do it because the one that is lost is infinitely valuable to him. And so he'll do whatever it takes. And that shepherd is a picture of Jesus. That shepherd is a wonderful picture of Jesus who could have stayed in the throne room of heaven where everything was beautiful and perfect. He had a wonderful relationship with his father, God, with the Holy Spirit. The three of them enjoying each other for all eternity. They didn't need to save anyone. They were perfectly, big word, sufficient and happy. But out of love, Jesus came all the way from heaven to earth, just like a shepherd looking for the one sheep that was lost. And that shows how great God is and how loved you are. Jesus didn't come and save us just because there's something good in us, because there's not. He came and saved and rescued us because there is everything good about him, because he's lovely. But here's the thing, I'm going to risk confusing you now. As we think about Easter, Jesus is not just the shepherd, he's also a lamb. Jesus is not just a shepherd who comes and rescues sheep. The Bible says he's also a lamb, a lamb who was slain, a lamb who died for the sins of the world, a lamb who gave his life, just like a shepherd would risk his life, to protect his sheep, even if it was just one and he had 99 left in safety. Jesus was the shepherd. He didn't just risk his life on the cross. We're going to remember this next weekend. Jesus didn't risk his life. Jesus laid down his life. He gave his life to rescue sheep who were utterly lost, but infinitely valued. Boys and girls, adults, every other religion says this. Every other religion says, here are some pointers, here are some instructions, here's an A to Z, here's a 1 to 10, here's a 1 to 7 of things that you need to do, and then God will be pleased with you. But the great message of Jesus is that Jesus says, you are utterly lost, you cannot save yourselves. I could give you an A to Z, I could give you a 1 to 10, I could give you a 1 to 7, I could give you three things to do. You couldn't even do that. You can't even do one thing. 
you're utterly lost, but you're infinitely loved. And so I'm going to come and rescue you because you cannot find your way home. I'm the shepherd who will come and find you. I'm the lady who will come and search down in the dirt. I'll get dirty for you. I'm the daddy who will come running off his porch for you. All the other religions of the world will say, boys and girls, this. You come and work hard to get to me. Like in the third story of Frank and Bruce. That was the Daniel Sinclair translation of the Bible. Frank and Bruce, those two sons. But in the Bible, we see a God who's very, very different. We see a God who runs towards us, who gets down in the dirt of our lives and of this world, and of a shepherd who comes and saves and rescues us, not risking his life, but giving his life. Adults, you are not a Christian. Boys and girls, you are not a Christian. If you think that you'll just get a certain number of stickers by coming to church, by doing good things, by going to the right places, by not going to the wrong places, that does not make you a Christian. All too often, boys and girls, Luke 15 teaches us, and adults as well, we are more like the older brother in the third story, Frank. We can treat God like the older brother. We come to God because he is useful. Christians don't come to God because he is useful. A sign that you're a Christian, boy and girl and adult, is that you don't come to God because he is useful. You come to God because he's beautiful. That's the difference between an older brother and a younger brother, someone who realizes they've made a mess of their lives, that they're utterly lost. But if you see Jesus as beautiful, not just as useful when there's a problem in your life, that is a sign that you're a Christian. And if you're a Christian, you can say this. Jesus is not just a shepherd who goes and rescues sheep. He's my shepherd. You know him personally. You love him dearly. You realize you're lost, but you recognize you're found. I told you about two other animals, boys and girls. What were they? Horses can get by without having a trainer. Dogs can be wild and get by without having an owner. A sheep without a shepherd dies. If you choose to follow Jesus, if you respond to his voice and his call that you've heard every single day during Kids Club. Not bad. If you respond to his voice, you can say, you are my shepherd, you are my king, you are my friend. We need a shepherd, not just when it's Easter, not just when we want some food. We need a shepherd comprehensively. We need a shepherd in every aspect of our life. Someone to lead us, someone to rescue us, someone to provide for us. And when he is your shepherd, you don't just give him part of your life on a Sunday morning or at a fish club at school. You give him your whole heart and your whole life. You have to trust him completely as he leads you and guides you and protects you and provides for you. Because this is why Jesus came. Jesus came to what? Luke chapter 19 verse 10. Jesus came to seek and save what was lost. That's what we want you to remember. And these four more words. You are utterly lost, but you are also infinitely loved. How much does Jesus love you? When you look at the cross, he loves you about this much. Not from here to the moon and back, more than that. He loves you infinitely. He loves you enough 
to die for you so that he can rescue you. Let me pray. Hands together and eyes closed. Father, thank you so much that the gospel, this story about a shepherd and sheep, of a lady in coins, of a father and two sons, shows the sort of people you want to mix with. People just like us. People who are utterly lost. But because you are a seeking God, we are infinitely loved. Thank you for the rescue plan of Easter. Help us to rejoice in it. Not just in the sunshine, not just with a sausage and a hamburger at a barbecue. But the fact that Jesus offers us new life. And the gospel is about a wonderful rescue plan that we could never dream up. It's so amazingly good. It must be true. And thank you that it is. True in history and true because Jesus died to rescue foolish sheep like me. Amen.